This show was first broadcast on Free FM, Hamilton, New Zealand's community access media organisation. For more information on our lineup of shows and the role we play in the media, visit freefm.org.nz. Greetings, I am Barry. If you're searching for answers, spiritual help, clairvoyant readings, healings, crystals, books, incense, or jewellery, you need to go to Infinity, Hamilton Spiritual Centre, in the new premises at 550 Anglesey Street, or you can phone us on 838 1838. This is your link between this life and the next. Become the change the world needs today. Greetings, I am Barry. This is the voice within for another week. Now, regular listeners will know that last week um, we played a track called A Time for a Healing by Lily Fraser. Well, as it turns out, just prior to me recording the show, Lily passed away. So I got notification from my friends in, in America that she, she'd passed over. So they put together a... Um, another tribute to her this is another one of her songs which is a called how can i keep from singing Since love is Lord 
That's Lily and uh, my friend Mark Austin on the, on bass in the background there. Now Neil Donald Walsh, um, creator of Conversations with God, channeled messages, he's been talking about the interconnected soul. Welcome to the Humanities Team podcast with me, Steve Farrell. Humanities Team is an international spiritual movement whose purpose is to communicate and demonstrate the timeless truth that we are all one with the divine and all life, caring for each other and the world we share, so that people's actions reflect this profound understanding within our generation. We believe that living this truth is essential to resolving the most chronic and acute world challenges and vital to creating a flourishing world of peace, harmony, and happiness. We offer transformative education programs in personal and spiritual development and we host an annual event called Global Oneness Day. Similar to Earth Day, which galvanized the global environmental movement, Global Oneness Day has become a catalyst for spiritual activism and an integral part of the present-day global oneness movement, which represents a profound new paradigm in human culture. Humanities Team is the only global nonprofit organization working in transformational education. Since we are a nonprofit, there is no focus on growing profits or satisfying shareholders, and 100% of all revenue goes toward our work supporting conscious evolution, planetary awakening, and flourishing at every level of life. If you'd like to learn more about us or want to support our mission directly through donation or volunteering some of your time, please visit us online at humanitiesteam.org. And lastly, if you enjoy this podcast, we'd be grateful if you'd leave us a review. Hi, everybody, and uh, welcome to our Acceleration program. I'm Steve Farrell with Humanities Team coming to you live from our studio in Boulder, Colorado. And you can see my uh, guest here on the screen. And who might this be? Yeah, and uh, everybody knows this is Neil, Neil Donald Walsh in the flesh. I'm going to give him a uh, proper introduction here in just a moment. Real excited about this program. These are live. Uh, Neil's coming to you live from his home in Ashland, Oregon. And as I mentioned, I'm coming to you live from Boulder, Colorado. And wow, we have a lot to share here during the hour. Let me just start by welcoming everybody. So uh, welcome to all of the Humanity Stream Plus members, the Humanities Team members, uh, those at humanities.team, those out on Facebook. Also, a big welcome to Neil Donald Walsh's friends uh, on Facebook, and uh, a big welcome to all of the Sign Network, where we're broadcasting out to your these other uh, websites that are part of the Sign Network and John Raymer. So, a big shout out to all of you. Thanks for being here with us. Okay, now the theme of our program today is the interconnected soul. So, let me give uh, let me give Neil a proper introduction. Neil Donald Walsh is a celebrated author of the Conversations with God series and a modern-day spiritual messenger. Neil is a longtime and dear friend of mine and Humanities Team and has been with Humanities Team, of course, since day one uh, as the founder. I'm a co-founder with Neil of Humanities Team. Neil's books and teachings have served to help millions of people develop a modern sense of God. 
and to build the connection between themselves and the divine. I have uh, Neil with me to discuss the interconnected soul in celebration of his new free video program, Divining Your Destiny, and uh, the masterclass called Discover Your Soul's Purpose that were produced in collaboration with Michael Bernard Beckwith and Humanities Team. And uh, welcome to the program, Neil. Great to have you with us. Thank you, Steve. It's lovely to be here as always, and it's exciting as well to know that so many people from around the world will be joining us here to explore these topics, which I think are important, not only to the individual who might be watching, but in the larger sense, important to the world. So thank you for allowing me to be here with you and inviting me to do so. Yeah, well, thank you. It's always a total pleasure to be with you, Neil. And uh, thank you for setting the time aside to be here with us live today. So, and let me just share, we're gonna, as we start uh, unfurling kind of this topic and things we're gonna get to, uh, this is not going to be just a, a bunch of big abstract notions. We're going to get to real practical implications of, of all of this when we talk about soul and oneness and these various things. Uh, now, let me, uh, as we start to talk about this, uh, we, we again, we have a free program. It's called Divining Your Destiny. And then there's this brand new masterclass. These are actually both brand new. First time that uh, Neil Donald Walsh, and Michael Bernard Beckwith have created a uh, uh, two programs together like this. We just launched this program on Saturday, so it's all brand new. And there were our friends all over the world were excited about picking it up and talking to their uh, audiences about the program. I can see why, as we're coming out of COVID, to be talking about uh, divining your destiny, you know, or to be talking about discovering your soul's purpose. Uh, and of course, you have a way, Neil, that you like to talk about that, uh, you know, huge, because people coming out of COVID are searching for meaning, and they're searching for purpose, uh, and they want to be doing things more aligned with their deeper values, this whole notion of just punching the clock and going to work and coming home. And, uh, you know, is, is, is I think more and more people are kind of finding that to be an old thing, and they're uh, wanting something new that feels more uh, more meaningful. So exciting to be talking about this here. Uh, now, one thing I want to say about these programs, I mentioned it's the first time that Neil and Michael have collaborated on something like this, but also we poll our community, the humanities team community, to ask them what programs they'd like to see. And for two years running, their first choice and their second choice was uh, discovering your soul's purpose. They wanted us to put a program together like this. So this was a case where the program was designed really by you, uh, viewers, people on the conscious journey that said, this is important, create a program like this. And, and then when we uh, thought about our dream team of who might be the faculty for this, of course, Neil and Michael surfaced. Uh, can you imagine two just more incredible faculty members to do something like this. So, uh, Neil, we're just tickled to be uh, and privileged to be working with you and Michael on an, an, on an important program like this, programs plural like this. Well, you know, uh, the feeding, of course, is mutual. I'm very excited and honored to have the opportunity, it, it, especially to work with someone like Michael. You're quite uh, right about him. He's an extraordinary human being, deeply um, under, deep, deeply connected is the word I'm looking for, deeply connected with life's higher truths, 
and with the ways in which we can implement those truths in our daily life. He's a remarkable individual, and uh, I learned just sitting next to him, listening to him. It's impossible not to have that experience if you spend just a few moments with someone like Michael. So uh, I appreciate the opportunity to join in this process, and thank you for allowing me to do, do so. Could I make an opening comment about the idea of discovering your soul's purpose? Please do, yeah. I've um, often felt um, that I wanted to discover my soul's purpose. Most of us have some kind of a feeling surrounding that through the years. Uh, but when I had my conversations with God, um, I was told, Neil, life is not a process of discovery. It's a process of creation. And so uh, I, that turned everything around in my own personal experience. It doesn't have to be what's your truth, but it is my truth, that life is a process of discovery. So I kind of like to think of it in a, just a slightly different way, not so much discovering your soul's purpose, but creating your soul's purpose. Because the idea of discovering your soul's purpose suggests, uh, um, there's a nuance there that suggests there's a purpose for me out there somewhere Maybe God has assigned me this purpose or it exists somewhere in, in my soul's awareness and I just can't figure out what it is. Um, so we start searching for it, trying to figure out what would it take for my soul to reveal to me my soul's purpose and what would it take for God to reveal to me what God's purpose is for me. But God made it very clear to me, Neil, you know, do you really think I'm sitting here with an idea of what I think you would best be doing in the world? And I'm just not telling you. I'm letting you sit there trying to figure it out. <laughs> Look at those poor people down there trying to figure it out. Well, I could just simply tell them, but no, that would make it all too easy. I'll just let them struggle for five or 10 or 15 or 20 years trying to figure it out. Then they'll get on a program with Steve Farrell and it'll all become very clear to them. <laughs> that's not how God works. I'm sorry. If that's how you think it is, that's not how, in my, in my awareness, that's not how it is. When I said to God, what's my purpose? God said to me, tell me. I said, no, you tell me. And she said, no, you tell me. And I said, no, you're the one who knows. And she said, no, you're the one who knows. Do you think, do you really think that I'm sitting here and that I have created and assigned a purpose to every sentient being in the cosmos? Or do you think really that as the divine being that I am as the higher power, that what I have done is empower you to decide what your soul's purpose is going to be, and then to implement it and activate it in your life. So I want to begin my own contribution to this uh, moment with you by sharing with you that I don't think that your purpose is something you discover. I think it's something that you create. I think it's something that you decide on. Ah, but how? How to make that decision? That becomes the question. And I hope we can get really deeply into my particular answer for that, because that could, in fact, change your life and change the lives of many people around you. Yes, it could and does. And that's what this uh, whole series is about, is, is that, uh, that whole process, which you and Michael lay out so beautifully, uh, of course, we, we record these programs because our half of our viewers are in the United States, half are out of the United States. And so when we create a new masterclass like this, 
we record it. There's 16 uh, programs and then they're live mentoring sessions, one with Neil, one with Michael, so that people all over the world can, uh, can participate when it's convenient for them. So, uh, and so we, uh, of course, uh, we have been on site as this has been recorded. And it's astonishing, really, the wisdom that uh, Neil and Michael bring to this really very important topic. Let's, uh, let's go to this. There's a three-minute segment that we've cut out from uh, Divining Your Destiny. So this is this uh, free program that is available now to the public. If you go to humanitiesteam.org uh, and just scroll down a little bit, you'll see a little promotion for Divining Your, your Destiny. And you just leave your name and uh, email, and then you can immediately bring up the full uh, hour-long program. So let's go to a three-minute segment, and then Neil and I are going to come back and talk about it. Uh, conversations with God. So it's over and over and over again. We are all one. Um, how does this, what does this have to do with the, with the soul, the soul's calling? Everything. Uh, it has everything to do with life. And it, it, the main reason that life on earth has not been as joyful or pleasant or wonderful as it was designed to be, if I could use that term of phrase, as it could be, um, is that we have not embraced largely the idea um, of, our, of our unity, of our oneness. We've, in fact, the human race has in largest measure, from my observation, I could be wrong about this, but it looks to me as if the largest number of people on the earth have bought into the notion of separation. And separation, the idea that you're over there and I'm over here, and not just between me and other people, between me and the trees, me and the world, me and the stars, to say nothing of me and God, the idea that things are separate from each other, <clears throat> excuse me, is what has produced the experience of alienation. I've seen, I've, I've not seen alienation on this planet in my lifetime at the level I'm observing it these days, ever in, in my previous years. And I'm an old guy. And I look around and I see people alienated from each other by their political differences, by their economic differences, by their spiritual differences, by their racial differences, by their sexual orientation differences, by every difference they could imagine. And they're allowing the differences to separate them from each other, and even, interestingly enough, psychologically speaking, to separate them from themselves. And so I think that the opportunity for us is to say to human beings everywhere, and I don't mean by preaching, I don't mean by giving lectures, I don't mean by talking, but by the way we're moving through the world, by the way we're being, to say each other, to say to each other, we are all one. There really is no separation between us. I love Michael for a ton of reasons, but you know, I can always tell when he's on the other end of the phone, because the first thing out of his mouth is, how you doing, brother? And, you know, I don't want to get emotional here, but when he says, how are you, brother, he's not just saying it for formal. He actually lives. You are my brother. And, and that vibration comes over the phone. It comes right over the space between us. Uh, and so when you found that brotherhood and that sisterhood with every other aspect of life, I've become a tree hugger, you know. I, <laughs> I have. I run into a force. I actually put my arms around the tree. Yes. And I say, how you doing there today? Uh, you know, and because I want the tree to know that I am very clear that there's no real separation between us. Okay. Fantastic. Wow. Well, uh, yeah, and Michael, of course, couldn't shut up. He just was blabbing on and on and on and on. <laughs> and all that great wisdom from Michael. 
uh, is you know palpable in the space. It's unbelievable. <laughs> right. No, it was what an incredible conversation. So that was a three-minute segment from a 60-minute program called Divining Your Destiny. If you go to humanitiesteam.org, truly a, 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 an astounding program. I uh, got to be the moderator of this. And uh, boy, uh, Neil, the level of uh, just your personal vulnerability uh, and also Michael's personal vulnerability as you were sharing your stories. And of course, I've known you, Neil, for 20 years now, and I've known Michael a good while, but uh, uh, to be in a room when you all were sharing, you know, what happened to you back in the day as, as this all, this whole conversation with God thing got started. And then Michael shared his story when he was in college and what that experience was like. And, oh my God, I mean, you could have heard, heard, heard a pin drop as, as you were uh, sharing your story and Michael was sharing his story of how, how the, the unlikely way uh, that both of you grew into who you've become in today's world. Yeah, and without wanting to repeat that, because I really encourage people to watch you know, watch the program. You really will, really will enjoy it and get a lot out of it. But the short form of it is, and most people who have read Conversations with God know all about it, I, I wound up living on the, on the sidewalk as a street person. You know, I, I hate to put it this way, but you know, I thought I was a pretty smart guy. I never went to college. I, I, was, I wasn't smart enough to stay in college. The dean of men invited me to leave because it was clear I didn't want to be studying for four more years. I wanted to get into the world of work. Uh, I was in broadcasting and I wanted to be in radio. So, so, I, so I did that. And uh, however, uh, after a little while, you know, like uh, it, life turned out in interesting ways. And finally, I wound up in fact living on the sidewalk. Um, most of you know this part of the story. That is, I was out of money and out of work. I, I, I had been downsized by the corporation that hired me. Uh, and then at the same time, my relationship began to worsen and that fell apart. My relationship with my significant other, a lovely, lovely lady that didn't deserve to be stuck with the likes of me. And then I had an automobile accident in the same week as all this was happening, in which I broke my neck. And I, it wasn't a small fracture. It wasn't a hairline fracture. I had a three-quarter inch avulsion fracture of the seventh cervical vertebrae posteriorly. In other words, that was a break in my neck large enough to put a pencil through. And the doctor was saying to me, you're lucky to be alive. But it, that kind of an experience where you lose everything, your relationship, your job, and your health all at the same week, you, you wake up and realize, okay, obviously there's something I don't understand here. The understanding of which would change everything. And it makes the average person call out, it certainly made me call out to God, what is it you want from me? What, what is it that I don't understand? That's what caused me to begin my conversation with God. And at the bottom line, to, to bring it down quickly, the bottom line was, Neil, I get that you think that you're separate from everything else, that you're not, that you're out there all by yourself. I threw you out there, you know, like, you know, seeds in the wind and good luck. Have a good life. I hope you do well. But, but I, I completely misunderstood my relationship with myself, with God and with life and, of course, with other people. Everything changed when I changed my mind about who I am, why I'm here, and the opportunity that life is giving me to demonstrate 
my highest thought about that. This is what's interesting. It takes, this is gonna sound self-serving, please forgive me. I don't mean to be breaking my arm, patting myself on the back. I, I really don't, but I, I, I've got to say it. It takes personal courage to live into the highest thought you ever had about yourself. Because I don't know about you, but I was told as a child, you're to be seen and not heard. I was told as a child, it wasn't okay to, to say anything out loud. Maybe you could have inner, inner thoughts about yourself, but you're not supposed to tell anybody. You're not supposed to act like it. But in fact, you are you know, in a graceful, kind way, not in an arrogant way, but in a gentle way. We are encouraged to speak our truth about our highest self and to demonstrate it. And all of the great spiritual masters, and I'm not one of them, but we know who they are. All the great spiritual masters throughout history have done exactly that. They've been gentle demonstrations of the grandest truth, which is who they are in relationship to God and what they choose to offer when they understand their true identity. And But you can't begin to understand what you want to offer until you are embracing your true identity. So my challenge to all of you today is, are you able to be with yourself in the quiet moment of your life and to say to yourself, I'm an individuation of divinity. I am an individuation of divinity. And I have an opportunity to demonstrate any aspect of divinity that I might choose in all the moments of my life. And then I can actually hone in on, focus in on those aspects of divinity that bring me the greatest pleasure to experience, to demonstrate, and to express. That's the process in a couple of sentences. So if I was with you privately, we were doing a private coaching session, I would invite you right now to just fill in the blank on the following sentence. Just write this down on your piece of paper and fill in the blank. I am happiest and I feel the most fulfilled when I am being colon, and then fill in the blank. Now, be careful. I didn't say when I am doing. This is not a doing this function. This is a being this function. But look to see what you are happiest being what. And then give it a name. And I'm going to ask you, if you do this exercise uh, with yourself this week, I'm going to invite you not to use the words love or God. Take those two off the table because they're huge. They're such huge words. I'm happiest when I'm being divine. Okay. I'm happiest when I'm being love. Okay. But the words are so huge that it doesn't help you to get focused on what particular energetic interaction causes you to feel the most fulfilled. So don't use those two words, but use any other words that you wish to use. Any other aspects of divinity. I am happiest and most fulfilled when I am being colon. That will provide you with insight into how you can create your soul's purpose. I could, of course, be wrong about all of this. If we're lucky, if we're lucky, we wake up somewhere in our 30th or 40th or 50th year. One day we wake up, look at the wall, even before getting out of bed. We just look at the wall you know, on the side of the room and we think, uh, really? Am I going to be doing this for the rest of my life? Am I going to retire from this? Is this what I'm going to be doing until I'm 65 or 70 years old? 
and 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 then maybe I can reap the rewards somehow or another. And if we're unlucky and not so lucky, when we are breathing our last breaths, if we're conscious and know what's going on, we'll have the experience of thinking, none of it mattered. None of that stuff that I worked so hard at creating and accumulating mattered. It's, it was unimportant. You know, my sainted mother used to say to me, and this is a true story, she, when I'd come home as a young man with difficulties and challenges, and she'd look at me and she'd say, sweetheart, if you think when you're 95 years old and you're still alive, rocking on your rocking chair on the front porch, rocking back and forth, if you think this is going to still be important to you then, make it important now. But look deeply at what you think is going to be important when you're 95 sitting on the porch rocking back and forth if you're even still with us. So I want to, I just want to echo and amplify what Steve has just said. There, I, I can't think of a single person, frankly, that I've known who has achieved a modicum of financial and other kinds of creative success in their life. They've had all the accoutrement, all the furnishings of success. And then they wake up one day and they go, so what? I mean, obviously that's what's so, not so obviously, it's also, so what? Now, if you're lucky, you'll come to that before you're an old guy with white hair like me. If you're lucky, you'll get to that when you're 35 or 40 or even earlier, and you'll stop in your tracks and you'll say, what really, really matters? By the way, just out of coincidence, I happen to write a book called The Only Thing That Matters, in which a lot of this is discussed. So please, I hope you're paying attention and decide. Now, here's, here's, where, the, here's where everything ties together. You might think, in fact, if you're on Wall Street or head of a large business or leading a life where you're you know, powerful and successful in whatever you're doing, you might say none of this really impacts or has uh, any relationship to your own daily life experience. You might be one of those who's saying that, but if you step into what we're sharing with you here and what you'll learn more about in this program uh, that Michael and I put together, uh, you will discover that that's the key and that that bring, here's the here's the irony, that almost always brings you all that you thought you were striving and searching and yearning for, but it, it's the not the bottom line. It's just part of the great blessings of life. But the bottom line will be a sense of who you are and what you're bringing to the world that will make you feel joyful and fulfilled beyond anything you might have previously thought was possible. But you don't have to give up. Last sentence, if I could, you don't have to give up this to have that. So it's not about, oh, I guess I can't have my job. I guess I can't focus on my success in the world. I guess, I, can't, I guess I'm going in the wrong direction. No, you're not going in the wrong direction, but you're going in only one direction, and there's more than one direction. There's more than one way to the mountaintop. And when you put the two together, now we're talking about unified approach to life that can change everything, not only in your life, but in the lives of all those whose life you touch. Okay, let me, uh, let's just go over now, watch a three minute segment from Discover Your Soul's Purpose. We'll talk about that. We're gonna, there are a bunch of comments and questions coming in. So thank you viewers. We're gonna 
get to them. And if anybody in the uh, Humanity Stream Plus room want to come on camera with Neil, put your hand up and we'll, uh, we'll have you come in with Neil too. So let's go to the segment here now. Who do you think you are? Do you think that you're a physical life form? Not much different from a bird in the sky or a fish in the sea? More complex, perhaps, more sophisticated than many other life forms on the planet. But when all is said and done, are you essentially nothing more than a biological entity made up of a body and a mind? Or do you see yourself as more than that? Do you see yourself as a spiritual being, having a body and a mind, and using your body and mind as tools, pieces of equipment with which to accomplish certain things? Could it be that you're a special kind of being, a unique entity, expressing physically and metaphysically at the same time, and for the same reason? Now, if that's your truth, and if it is a truth that you hold not just conceptually, but functionally, you have then created a container in which can be held the keys that unlock your soul's purpose. So let's take a look at the options that you have here. Seems to me that there will be entirely different ways of not only seeing yourself but experiencing your life when you consider these two questions depending on which of these two choices you make so we're not talking here about a a decision that's insignificant let's look at choice number one if you conceive of yourself as a chemical creature that is a uh, a logical outcome of a biological process engaged in by two other biological processes called your father and your mother. If you see yourself that way, you would see yourself as having no more connection to the larger processes of life than any other chemical or biological life form. You might consider yourself smarter, perhaps, you know, a bit more mentally capable and able. But after looking at things closely, you would see that, like all the other biological life forms, you would be impacted by life, but could have very little impact on life. Nice. A lot of wisdom there, Neil. So this was a little segment from what, again, Neil has eight modules. One of, uh, actually two modules of the 16 are with Michael, and then he has seven of his own. This was a cut, a little three-minute cut out from one of Neil's modules and discover your soul's purpose. So nice uh, comparison there, huh, Neil? Yes. And, and if you see yourself as a spiritual entity and not simply a physical entity, it opens up a whole new way of expressing who you really are because you have a whole new way of understanding and holding who you really are. Of course, it brings up a lot of questions, a, a, a ton of questions. If you see yourself as a spiritual being, the question becomes, what am I doing here? If I really am, I mean, let's look at it just for a second. If I really am a spiritual entity, having a body and a mind, fair enough, 
But if at my basis, I'm really a spiritual entity, why in the world would I come here? Why would I allow myself to experience what I'm experiencing in the physical world? Of course, that's a question in, in one form or another that every human being has been asking from the beginning of time. We all have been wondering some form of that question. What is this all about? Why am I here? If you really want me to believe that I'm a spiritual entity and that life goes on forever, why have I come here? And I want to share with you that you've come here for a very particular reason, that you could in fact create your soul's destiny, that you could expand, expand and experience of who you really are for the purpose of evolving and becoming a greater and greater version of what life always intended for your soul to be. Now, if you think this is your only chance to do that, that would be, I think, in my view, an error. You've had many chances before, and you'll have many chances after this particular incarnation, which is a whole other topic. Nevertheless, this particular incarnation, that is your lifetime, as you're living it right here, right here, moment in time in which you can express and experience the highest thought you ever had about who you are. And when you do that, you will feel a sense of yourself that you may never have felt before. A little warning. I've had the experience of sometimes thinking, maybe I'm being a little bit spiritually arrogant. Maybe I'm thinking, well, could I put it this way, too much of myself. It's impossible to think too much of yourself. It's not impossible to act in ways that could cause you to, to sound arrogant or that could make it difficult for other people to receive the energy you wish to send. But if you're really acting divinely, you would never do that. You could find yourself saying something quite extraordinary. This is a little tool that I've invited people to use if they want to find a way to move through the world in some of these ways that we're describing here. This is what I call the self-affirmation tool. It's something that I invite people to say, actually, in their mind, in their mind to themselves. Don't, don't say it out loud, because if you say it out loud, some people may not understand. And they might even give you a little problem with regard to it. They'll either marginalize you, uh, or, or make fun of you, or they might even become angry with you. So, so just, but say it in your mind. It's an inward mental process, okay? And here's how it goes. Whenever I see anyone for the first time in any day, whether it's my beloved across the pillow, my friend across the room, my neighbor across the street, or a stranger across the world, when I see anyone for the first time on any given day, I say these words to myself. I have come that you may have life and that you may have it more abundantly. Your life will be made better today for my having passed through it. I promise you. Beautiful. So, and uh, what if, what if there were an opportunity in a lifetime to do course correction? And if, if there were, if there's this real reason for life, and it maybe has to do with self-realization. And 
And there were an opportunity somewhere in that lifetime to just get a little course correction where we're maybe off track, maybe pointed in a direction that is other than our our uh, long-term interest and well-being. And boom, just course correct back toward what life is really about, what on, a, on our eternal journey, what really is going to matter. Uh, that, that's what we're talking about here now. So it, it's the furthest thing from people saying, looking at the two of us and saying, boy, that's kind of interesting, but it's sort of over there, you know, and I, I don't really have time for that now. I, I would suggest this is like if, if the whole planet of 7.7 .7 billion could tune in just for even for 10 minutes of this discussion to talk about this little course correction opportunity where we're talking about discovering your soul's purpose to just to divining your destiny, to just getting on track with what our eternal life is really about as spiritual beings in a spiritual universe. God, it would be the most amazing gift to the 7.7 .7 billion people. I, I really believe that's true. I couldn't agree with you more. And here's what we have to be uh, aware of. Uh, my dear friends, sometimes, not always, not, not in every case, but once in a while, those so-called course corrections, and I love the phrase that Steve chose there, sometimes those course corrections can look like small failures in your life. Couldn't look like things have gone wrong. Something has occurred. You know, and like the course correction that I experienced when I was downsized by the company that I worked for, or when some gentleman crashed into my car and I wound up with a broken neck, I would call that a course correction. Now, course corrections don't have to be that dramatic in your life, but pay attention to what's occurring and to what's not occurring. And judge not and neither condemn. As someone way before me said in a far more eloquent way, Raise not your fist to heaven and curse the darkness not, but be a light unto the darkness that you might know who you really are. So pay attention to those little course corrections. When something isn't falling into place in some of the ways you thought that it might, just step back for a minute and say, wait a minute, is there more going on here than meets the eye? Is, is, is something occurring that I really do want to pay attention to? Is this an opportunity for me to correct the course that I've been taking in my life? Take a look at that. And don't feel bad when things don't work out. Sometimes it's exactly the moment that your soul has been waiting for to signal to you, uh, uh, here's an opportunity for you to change your destiny. Yes, this whole thing we've all experienced of where we're thinking, oh, my God, it's falling apart. And uh-oh, no, it's falling together is what's happening. Uh, so now there's a Julia Garcia uh, wanted to come on camera to make a comment. So, Julia, if you're still available, and Jim, Jim Gray is our director of producer here. There's a way to bring her on camera. Uh, fantastic. We've Hi. got other. Oh, here we go. Yes, Julia, sir. nice to see you. Hi, thank you for having me. Thank yeah, you. Our pleasure. I um, just wanted to thank Neil for his books. I grew up always knowing I was different. And because of being different, no matter how chaotic everything was around me, it made sense because I was able to see past it. I didn't understand why. When I read his books, it made me cry because I finally 
everything came together. I, I understood myself. And I am the youngest of eight children. I used to protect my siblings. And they looked at me for that protection, for guidance. I always felt so much older. And I just had this understanding, this knowing that this was all part of our existence, that we had to go through this so that we can be who we are. Growing up, people made fun of me. And I was always that strange kid. Don't play with her. She's strange. And there was times when adults would come and talk to me and I would just give them messages, but it, I had no memory of doing it. Reading his books, just everything made sense. And the, the guidance, the understanding, just the opening, the awakening of that's what I was trying to tell everyone, but I didn't have the words. And I just want to thank Neil for that because in the alienation is where I found myself. And I was very comfortable there. Now I have to become uncomfortable in order to be in front of people and talk to them because I don't want the attention. I just don't want to be noticed. Let me do what I, what I do, being used by creator to do what I do, and then we go. Now I'm uncomfortable and I'm on, I'm on the other spectrum, so to speak, if that makes sense, where I don't want people to look at me and see me, but see creator through me. I'm indigenous and my beliefs are everything is connected. We are all one. Everyone's our brother and sister, even with the animals and the critters. But it's just Neil's books really put things in perspective for me, not just an indigenous point of view, but in a humanity point of view. And I just want to thank him for that. I wonder if I could offer something to you at the risk of being personal, but Julia, could I offer you something? Please do. Please, yes. Yeah, well, I, I'm contemplating how I want to put this. I didn't know if you heard me or not. That's oh, yeah, I heard every word, and, and I, okay. took it all, I took it all in. Julia, I'm going to invite you to decide to be totally comfortable with people paying attention to you. Because if you want them to see Creator in you as you through you, they're going to pay attention to you. But if they get the vibe, if they just get a subtle feeling from you that you're not quite totally comfortable with that, then they'll turn away from you, which is the last thing I want people to do. I don't want anyone to turn away from you who encounters you in life. I want people, based on what I just heard you say, I want people to pay all the attention to you that they can possibly afford. I want people to look at you, but I need you to make me a promise that if you're going to be an example of the creator expressing in physical life, welcome people paying attention to you. I've had to learn to welcome people paying attention to me, or I could never have been as effective as you say I have been in your life. Now I'm asking you, inviting you to do the same. How do I do that? How did you do that? I just decided that's part of my soul's destiny. That's part of my as the French would say, raison d'etre. That's part of my reason for being. I am here to people to give people a chance to pay attention to me so that they can really see the truth of not who I am, but of who they are. 
and they will see that through you if you allow them to feel comfortable paying attention to you. That's your gift to the world. That's the next step in your own soul's destiny. So, and Julie, I want to thank you for coming on. We've got Lloyd Menthorn is wanting to come on, and we've got all these other questions. We have nine minutes left. Julia, thank you for being so brave as to come on camera here with us. Gratitude you. to you, dear friend. Thank you very much to you and Neil. And I promise, Neil, I will. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. World needs you. And uh, thank you, Julia. And then uh, Lloyd, if you're uh, available on camera, you've got, uh, would love to have you come on to ask your question. He's uh, wrote the question out so I can bring it to Neil if he can't come on camera. But if he's available, would love to bring him on here. There we go. Hey, Lloyd. Hello. How are you? I'm excited to finally talk to Neil. You've been a hero of mine for many years. <laughs> and um, I'm really interested in developing my own sense of guidance, you know, listening to guidance from my higher self or God or whatever. Um, so I, my question is, how do you discern what are messages from God as opposed to other messages? Or if we're all one, it seems like they're all from God. I mean, what's your process? How do you know what's from God, what's from your higher self? or what might be from your ego desires or whatever. Not that the two are necessarily antithetical, but I understand your question. Um, the messages that I uh, receive from God are messages that are always inevitably expansive, enlarging, fulfilling, filled with joy, peace, and love. They're never limiting in any way. They're never even... I almost want to say cautious in the sense of stopping me from doing something or being something even more grand than I could have possibly imagined. So I know that the messages are from the highest part of, of God that resides within all of us, that resides within Lloyd and with me and with Steve and all the rest of us. How I know that that's where the messages are, are coming from is when they make me feel wonderful about myself, about life about God, and about everyone else whose life I touch. And that's a feeling you can't deny. It's just a feeling that fills the essence of your being, whether you're alone, in your room, having these thoughts and these ideas, or out in the world interacting with other people. And then the real question is not whether the message came from what I call God, but whether we are willing to step into the living of it and to express it, not just when we're in our room by ourselves, but in fact, when we're out in the outer world, touching the lives of other people. That's where the rubber meets the road. That's where we get to decide how much of these wonderful messages we've received, we wish to become a demonstration of. But that's how I tell the difference. If the thought is limiting or frightful or stops me or uh, it interrupts my sense of freedom with regard to who I am in the world. If, 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 the, if the thought is limiting in any way, uh, I, you know what? I just throw it out. I just, you know, I, I actually sometimes say out loud, believe it or not, Satan, get thee behind me. Satan, <laughs> Satan is, is my acronym for seeing anything as negative. Seeing anything as negative is Satan. And I just say, you know what, Satan, get thee behind me. Get the hell out of my life. I mean, literally, get the hell out of my life. That's awesome. And my own barometer is just 
in my heart. It's like, does this feel right in my heart or not? And we know that. You know, you can just tell. You know what? Here's here's the danger, Lloyd. We've got to be real careful because for some people, it's almost too good to be true. I remember saying to God, actually, in the middle of the dialogue, you know what I'm hearing from you, pal? I said, I talked to God like a really good friend. You know what I'm hearing from you, pal? It sounds almost too good to be true. And I will never forget God's response. She said, Neil, if God can't be too good to be true, who can? <laughs> <laughs> I love that. <laughs> Lloyd, thank you for uh, for coming on uh, while we got about five minutes left. So thank you. To a few other Lloyd, thanks. Thank you so much for just uh, you know coming on camera with us. We really appreciate you, it. You don't live in London, do you, Lloyd? No. Oh, good. Then you'd be Lloyd's of London, and that would not work well in this program. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Lloyd. Thank you, and hope to see you back uh, here with us on a Friday celebration. Bless you. I love you. Okay, love you back. Thank you, and. Uh, Neil, so this is from um, uh, Aeneas. She's on your Facebook page, and she says, she says, why do affirmations mostly fail? Um, they don't mostly fail uh, for, for me, uh, but, but um, affirmations are often statements of things that we can't believe. You know, all the money I need is coming to me now, you know, as an example. I, I just use a silly example. So... We have to be real um, sure that we don't make affirmations, but confirmations. I don't do affirmations in my life. I, I, I made the point in one of the books I wrote that I've thrown the idea of affirmations out of my life. I've replaced affirmations with confirmations. And there's a difference for me. A confirmation is an announcement of myself, from myself, to myself, of what is true for me. And I confirm the highest truth that I choose to experience and to express in me, through me, and as me. So the reason that affirmations seem to not work for some people is that many people seek to affirm something that they don't allow themselves to believe it. You know what? For confirmations to work, you have to believe the unbelievable. You have to actually embrace the grandest possibility and you have to be willing to open yourself to what I want to almost call the unthinkable. You have to think the unthinkable and, and dream the impossible dream. There's a wonderful, you know, you, you want to look up that song on the Internet. Just type in Google or YouTube, go to YouTube and see who has made a presentation of that song to dream the impossible dream. Star, this is my quest 
to follow that star no matter how hopeless no matter how far to fight for the right without question or pause to be willing to march into hell for a heavenly cause and I know That my heart will lie peaceful and calm when I'm laid to my rest. And the world will be better for this that one man scorned and covered with scars still strove with his last ounce of courage. To fight the unbeatable foe To reach the unreachable from 1960 would you believe Andy Williams the sort of music I used to play on my first incarnation on what is now Free FM but in those days it was called Community Radio now you may ask what is the purpose of life well according to Navajo it is to walk in beauty you cannot walk in beauty if you don't, do not understand joy or if you have no happiness or if you have no confidence, or if you have no peace. The purpose of life is we have to have joy, happiness, confidence, and peace. In the traditional teaching of Arjunet, we are always told that uh, it's very important to walk in beauty. And all of our very sacred songs and ceremonies are or the beauty way. But uh, to acquire the beauty way, we understand that we have to be able to experience joy and happiness, confidence and peace. And those are the things that are actually the purpose of life. The purpose of life is that each individual being, and us as the net, we have to have joy, happiness, confidence and peace in this the third world. And the uh, teachings of our people, that I can walk in beauty you cannot walk in beauty if you don't, do not understand joy or if you have no happiness or if you have no confidence or if you have no peace. And it is uh, very necessary to understand that walking in beauty takes a lot of uh, effort. So the uh, teachings, we talked about joy. Joy might be something when you have uh, your children or your grandchildren. And that is joy. And when they become successful in their life, when they are living lives that are productive, lives that are happy and balanced, then there, there is happiness. So happiness comes after you've understood the uh, joy that is brought first and then the uh, growth development bringing happiness. And it is uh, all necessary. But one of the things we don't very often talk about is confidence. Confidence is so very necessary. 
It's what, uh, how you feel about yourself, your self-esteem. If you have very low self-esteem, you don't have the confidence. I've mentioned in the past about my different relatives, especially my uncle when I was growing up. He always had the great confidence in me. He would say, my nephew can do that. And even though that I might not have the confidence to do that certain thing that he was saying I, my nephew could do, I'd have to go and do it. And afterwards, even if I didn't do a satisfactory job, he would praise me. He would build up my confidence. And confidence came about through my various uh, relationship and interaction with my parents, and with my siblings, my relatives, and uh, being able to make the right decisions in many cases, and sometimes not making the right decision and learning from them. So it is that uh, confidence is something that you uh, have to gain and work at, and other people are able to help you to uh, gain that uh, self-esteem and, and confidence. It's so very important. It uh, helps you in being able to uh, perceive the right things and to be able to uh, have it uh, work out in your behavior in life. There are so many things as far as uh, confidence. When people's confidence are destroyed, it's usually through the present day through the bullying process. I think that they, they destroy a person's confidence to the point of where they feel like I, they might be worthless. And uh, it can lead to some tragic results and uh, to destroy a person's confidence and to uh, pick away at their self-esteem in any form. Confidence is so very important in, in, uh, in your life as an individual being and uh, we should make every effort not to ever uh, to destroy other people's confidence. There's other ways in that that our confidence are being destroyed daily. And I think that uh, interacting with people is so very important. And it's kind of disappointing to me many times I see these people with their, their iPhones and that, especially the young people. All they do is look at that uh, piece of uh, technology and they relate to that. And everything that they learn and, and think they understand comes from that uh, technology that is available and they have very little interaction with actual people and uh, their confidence is not very strong. When you have uh, a search for confidence, you don't surround yourself with people that are negative. You find people that are positive and kind of do things that are good and in doing things in the right way and for the right reasons and that. And when you are able to have the opportunity to do similar things to them, and you know that you are doing the things that they have shown you through their example in life, you gain confidence that you can eventually do the things that they are able to accomplish in your own life. That's in searching for confidence. The confidence that we have spiritually comes when we have a relationship with our deity and the way that we understand that deity and uh, know that we are doing the things that they would have us do. And when we are confident, we are doing the things that... Uh, we're instructed to do or to live a life that is probably something that is different than what coyote lives. Also in our thinking, thinking things that are good thoughts and thinking things that uh, affect our behavior and our relationship with other people and the confidence that comes when they find joy in the things that we share with them and in our relationship with one another. And then the emotional confidence comes within our own self as to how we perceive things as we experience life and uh, the things that it produces in a positive way. Our emotion have a lot to do with uh, what, we, what we perceive as what 
the joy that there is in our environment constantly. Happiness is there, and uh, when we feel it emotionally, we feel confident in what we are able to be involved with in our emotional settings. And then finally, of course, the uh, physical self is to keep ourselves physically fit and to be able to do things and not destroy our body with uh, a lot of uh, the things that are available in the world today that uh, can affect our body in a negative way. When we can be healthy, when we can ha have the uh, physical health in our lives, we're confident to be able to do things that, are, that require our physical endurance and our physical strength and our physical abilities. And then we are confident in that, in that way in all of the areas of our being. One of the purposes of, of life is to have that confidence in your life so that you can recognize joy and have happiness and eventually have great peace in your life. And those are the things that we are told as far as
from the Voices album by Douglas Spotted Eagle and it's called Walking Beauty. recorded this when I was playing drums in with the Native Americans in Canada and um, if you're interested in drumming a Native American style shamanic drums on Saturday this Saturday the 5th we have workshop so you can come and make your own drum um, it takes you half a day um, or I'm just looking at making drums so people can come and buy them it all leads up to the spring equinox which is on the 20th 21st of this month of March um, and where we'll be we getting together on a Sunday and drumming with the rest of the world there's drumming sessions going on at the moment all across the world a lot are associated with water protection but now of course there's the, the drumming for Ukraine to look after those people there and to send a message around the world. So 11.11am or 8pm in your time, wherever you are in the world, is the time to join with other people and send a message around the world. We want peace. Here's a little piece from Lee Harris. He um, channeled his teachers called Zed. Um, and this bit's called Stepping Into Transformation. Healing on earth is becoming simpler. Healing on earth is becoming simpler. It is becoming faster. It is becoming more available. And it is losing much of the complexity it needed to get more people on the planet to this point. You may have noticed that in mainstream culture, the idea of self-growth has become quite normalized compared to 30 years ago. So you see there is more of a tipping point in the consciousness of the human cultural mind on earth as to the idea that you can grow and evolve and that that is healthy and normal and something that you can be open to. 
So, as the, shall we say, baseline of mainstream thinking has shifted, so too have the higher realms become far more available. This is why some of you are having far more what you might call cosmic or mystical or out there experiences, particularly lately. Yes, even some of you in this group, huh, you are slightly embarrassed by some of the things that you have gone through lately. You don't quite know who you can tell. Uh, they seem out there even by your standards. Well, that is simply because the world is shifting and so are you. That is the precipice we are speaking of. You are on an energy precipice right now, the likes of which you have not been on for the last five years. The last time you were one of these, it was uh, the year moving from 2016 to 2017. And it was, we will say, heavier. It was not as open or as high in energy back then. In fact, you were moving into some of the shadow of the transformation that you were about to go through. So by the end of this year of 2022, you will be energetically at least moving more into the light of the transformation. So many of you are ready to fly in your experience. And we will break this down into two simple mm, ideas for you. Changing the form of your life, your work, your relationships is very important until it isn't. What we mean by that is you will continue to change the form of your life until you reach a point in your life where you feel more connected. And once you feel more connected to life, to love, to people, to the earth, to what you are doing, then much of the form rearrangement of your life has been done. doesn't mean you can't still create new things or uh, play a little with changing forms here and there. But you will all be in very different stages right now. There will be some of you who right now are here because you are about to make a whole series of very important changes in your life. And you will find the next module with Lee around habits and patterns, which we also uh, add to, is going to be very useful for you. But then there are others among you who have mastered the art of changing form. You have had experiences where you have manifested and created and you now are more comfortable with that idea and that way of being. And you can look at your life and recognize that many of the dreams you wanted many years ago are now actualized. They are here.
I am Barry, spreading the voice within. Kakite, Shalom, Namaste, Masalam. May your God go with you. For more episodes, use the accessmedia.nz app for iOS and Android devices, or subscribe to this podcast via Spotify, iHeartRadio, or Apple Podcasts. This free FM podcast was brought to you with support from New Zealand On Air.